Hey everyone, welcome to another week, another episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This week in Come Follow Me, we will be discussing Alma chapters 39 through 42. Those are the study chapters this week. So these are a continuation of last week's chapters in that uh, chapters 36 through 7, 38, where Alma is speaking to his sons Helaman and Shiblon. And this week we get the address of Alma to his son Corianton who is presumably his youngest son and had some completely different needs than his brothers. And so the address here is completely different. So I'm going to actually try something a little different this week for this week's uh, study and this week's podcast. I'm going to break up each chapter into smaller, just independent uh, episodes of the podcast. So this podcast, I kind of want to just go over high-level overview of of the study this week, um, and then I'll be releasing episodes for chapters 39, 40, 41, and 42. With, uh, they'll be a little smaller, obviously, each of them just focus on each chapter. Uh, just going to try that out. Maybe, uh, maybe hopefully be a little easier to consume and digest for all of you listening. So that's kind of the plan here. Um, and so... As a high-level overview of this, these chapters, some of the things that I wanted to point out, and I'll try to highlight them as we as I discuss each chapter as well. But the first is, as a parent reading these chapters specifically, now I think you can get it. You can get stuff from the way Alma taught Helaman and Shiblon as well, but. The way that he approaches this wayward son is, I think, a great example on how to approach wayward family members and loved ones. Um, Because in those situations, it can be hard to know what to do, uh, what's stepping over the line, uh, where do you have to stand up and and draw a line, Um, and letting them know that their, their sinful behavior is sinful, right? calling a, a spade a spade there, but without, and you don't want to, but you don't want to step on toes. You don't want to offend and, um, push them f- potentially, uh, further into their sinful behaviors and farther away from you. Um, and so, but if we look at what Alma does here, he does a couple of things I think really well. First is, he catered this lesson to his son, right? It wasn't the same. And I I mentioned in last week's podcast, in last week's episode, that chapters 36 and 37, longer to Helaman. Chapter 38 is shorter to Shiblon, and it's kind of a compact version of chapters 36 and 37. But these two sons, what he wanted to do, I, if I feel like, was he wanted to bear his testimony. He had a little bit more to say to like I said, ship or to Helaman because he Helaman was presumably the eldest, had the birthright. He was going to be, he was passing the the records on to him, and was giving him some instructions specific to that. So that's why I think you get quite a bit more. That's that's where you get quite a bit of the extra. I mean, chapter thirty-seven is essentially that was just, that was the, that's his birthright chapter. I mean, he got he got extra direction because he had extra responsibility. Um, and when you can share, but 
by contrast, if you compare chapters 36 and 37, they are, excuse me, 36 and 38, they're very similar. Uh, there's some differences, obviously, but I think what I get out of them is, was, it was Alma wanting to express his testimony to his stalwart sons who had been steady and strong. He did not take the same approach with his wayward son. So the first thing I, I notice is that, and that each of your children as parents, each of your friends, each of your siblings, each of the people in your circle of influence are unique and have unique needs and questions. Uh, we see that all throughout chapters four, 39 through 42. And so I challenge you this week to see how many times you can uh, count Alma utilizing his perceptive abilities as a parent and the spirit to perceive the questions. I'll talk about more of those instances, but that's something I think I want to invite you to be on the lookout for this week. Um, and using, like I said, your perceptive abilities, using your the gift, giving using the gift of discernment, using the spirit, you can perceive the needs and the questions of those in your circle of influence and know how to address them. I personally believe now, obviously chapters 39 through 42, it's one way it's Alma's like address to his son. I don't think that was the way this happened in actuality. I think this was probably more of a conversation that, and I think that the things that Corianton was asking and saying were giving Alma clues in Preach My Gospel, Elder Holland uh, teaches that one of the most important teaching tools that we have is listening, active listening. Ask a good question and then listen and truly listen. Um, and paraphrasing what he says, he, he teaches that if we listen then to our friends and our family members, then they and the Spirit will tell us what to say. They will tell us uh, which doctrine of the gospel, which point of the, go- uh, of the gospel we can bear testimony to that will answer their question. And that's exactly what Alma does throughout chapters 39 and uh, through 42, is there's these questions that Corianton has, and to answer those questions, Alma teaches a doctrine and testifies of that doctrine. Uh, so those are, those are some of the points I wanted to point, or points, those are some of the just high-level items of in terms of how Alma approaches his son Corianton as a parent that I wanted to point out. Um, the next is, uh, the next thing I wanted to point out is this, uh, Alma's, or, yeah, Alma's responses center around the plan of salvation. Um, there are a lot of similarities between these chapters and chapters 11 and 12, specifically really 12 of Alma, and that's Amulek and Alma teaching the people in Ammonihah. What are they teaching them? The plan of salvation. There's a lot of strong similarities here, especially because you have Alma in chapter 12 teaching the plan of salvation. And so his style of teaching is very similar. Well, he's teaching the same doctrine. So there's some uh, heavy crossover there. And so I would invite you to read chapter 12 again, especially the second half of chapter 12. Uh, really all of it, but especially the second half of chapter 12. Um, so there's there's that 
Uh, and what's interesting about that is if you remember these people, the Ammonihaites had were following after the order of Nehor, and it seems as though Corianton had clinged on to some of these uh, Nehor-esque um, teachings. So remember where they had just come from. They had just come from Antionum, which is where the Zoramites were, and they had been teaching the Zoramites. The Zoramites seemed to be heavily influenced by Korahor and Nehor. The things that they were teaching were very similar to those, kind of a a crossbreed of those two teachings. Um, Especially, you know, they taught that, hey, we have been saved. We've already been saved. We don't have to do anything. There's no need for a savior. That's very Nehor-esque. Nehor's was a little more universal that everyone was saved. Uh, the Zoramites were kind of like, hey, we're special and we alone have been saved. But the end result was the same. They did not believe in a savior because they didn't think that there was need for one. Um, and uh, they didn't, and then in terms of like the resurrection and things like that. So I think it'd be useful. And so I'm actually going to read you a couple of those verses from Alma chapter one. This is where Nehor comes from. Um, he went about preaching to them, which he termed the, the to be the word of God, bearing down against the church, declaring to the people that every priest and teacher ought to not ought to become popular, and they ought not to labor with their hands, but they ought to be supported uh, by the people. And he also testified unto the people that all mankind should be saved at the last day, and that they need not fear nor tremble, but that they might lift up their heads and rejoice. For the Lord had created all men, and he had also redeemed all men, and in the end, all men should have eternal life. Um. So that was that's a central doctrine to Nehorism uh was that this universal salvation that there is no punishment uh, for the wicked there's no everyone's just saved I'll I'll pull this back in as we cha- as I in each of the episodes this week as I talk about each chapter but that's another high level thing to be aware of um as you study this week's chapters Understanding that Alma's talking talking to Korhor, Korhor, to Corianton, his son, who seems to have clung to some of those beliefs, and those are the questions that he perceives in his son's mind. And so, what does he go to? He goes to the plan of salvation to answer those questions. So that's the next thing I wanted to t- touch on: is how do you answer these questions with the plan of salvation? How did he answer the Ammonihaites? Their questions. Amulek and Alma taught the plan of salvation. In this last conference, April 2020, uh, President Oaks said in the Sunday morning session, In conclusion, I share the conviction that has come to me from many letters and by reviewing many requests to return to the church after name removal or apostasy. Many of our members do not fully understand this plan of salvation. By the way, his talk was called The Great Plan. Uh, Many of our members do not fully understand this plan of salvation which answers most questions about doctrine and inspired policies of the restored church. We who know God's plan and who have covenanted to participate have a clear responsibility to teach these truths and do all that we can to further them from for others and in our own circumstances in mortality. So, President Oak clearly teaches here what answers most questions is the plan of salvation. And he also teaches us that those who have made covenants have a responsibility to teach these truths. So as you look at how Alma addresses his son and what's the right answer and how to address our friends and family, 
we have a clear responsibility to teach the truth. To do it with love and kindness, no doubt. But we have a responsibility to teach them the truth and teach them the, the, the plan of salvation and to teach them about the plan of redemption through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Alma is going to do here with his son, Coranta, in, in this week's study. He's going to lay out for him. Uh, he's going to use some different names, the, the plan of redemption, the, the rest, plan of restoration. Um, he's going to talk about justice and mercy, and he's going to talk about the fall of Adam and Eve, and he's going to teach the plan of salvation, our purpose for our life on earth. Um, and uh, another thought I have about this comes from actually President Oaks as well. Uh, October 2009, a talk entitled Love and Law, uh, wherein he essentially teaches us that it can be difficult to teach those whom we love because we want to maintain those relationships. But he talks, he clearly defines that and tells, teaches, I should say, he clearly teaches that one way in which the Lord shows us his love is through divine law. And so we as his followers and as his disciples must also adhere to that law. And by inviting people to follow the commandments and follow his laws, uh, that's one way in which we can show them that we love them truly. So from Come Follow Me Manual this week, it says, when someone we love has made serious mistake and it can be hard to know how to respond, part of what makes Alma 39 through 42 so valuable is that it reveals how Alma, a disciple of Christ who once had his own grievous sins uh, to repent of, handled such a situation. Alma's son Coranton had committed sexual sin and Alma, as, oft, as he often did, trusted the power of true doctrine to encourage repentance. In these chapters, we observe Alma's boldness in condemning sin and his tendency and his tenderness and love for Coranton. And ultimately, we sense Alma's confidence that the Savior shall come to take away the sins uh, and declare glad tidings of salvation to those who repent. So, uh, that's what we're going to see in this week's chapters, is the love of Alma, love of a father to a son. And how does he show that love? By teaching him true doctrine and inviting him to come back to the fold, inviting him to follow Jesus Christ. Because he knows that's where true happiness lies. He's, and as, as it pointed out here in Come Follow Me, this is a guy, this is Alma, the, old, the younger, who knew what it was like to walk the other path. He knew the pain and sorrow that was there. He knew the torment of the, of, and the racking of, of the damned soul. As he, as he conveyed that, that message to his son Helaman, he knew what that was like. But he also knew what it was like to drink from the, the living waters and the, the refreshment, the refreshing uh, flavor and sweetness that that brings. And so that's what he wanted for his son. Um, also important to point out, I think, as in terms of high-level overview of this, of these chapters, is how does it end up? We get a, we get a sense of that uh, later on in chapter 49 of Alma, where... We read that uh, there was continual peace among them and exceedingly great prosperity in the church because of their heed and diligence, which they gave unto the word of God, which was declared unto them by Helaman and Shiblon and Corianton. So Corianton returns to the ministry, repents, and uh, is working side by side by his brothers to 
uh, teach the gospel to the Nephite people. That's how it ends. It ends with with the son listening to his father and uh, following the Savior. Um, one final note as an overview is think back. I've already mentioned where they just came from, right? They were in Antion with the Zoramites. Remember that some people believed, some of the Zoramites, and they went up into the land of uh, Jershon with the Ammonite, uh, the people of Ammon. And, but the more popular of them, they got all together to, to decide that like, oh yeah, this is bad. What these guys just taught, this will destroy us and what we're teaching and it makes us angry. So then they went back out and said, yeah, we met together and we don't like this. And so then more people did not believe, more of the Zormanites did not believe. And as the reason I point that out as a high level overview of, of these chapters 39 through 42 is uh, Alma points out to his son, Corianton, that many of the Zoramites didn't believe because they saw Corianton's bad example. They saw him uh, and his sexual sins. They saw him abandon the ministry and forsake his, his duty. And because they saw that, they didn't believe. And now, I want to tie this in with what I was saying before about Alma's love for his son. Alma does not pick on that point for very long. He mentions it. But the rest of the chapters, 39 through 42, other than a couple of verses where he mentions that, are all about Corianton's salvation. Corianton turning back and repenting and coming unto the Lord. This was a major thing. This is this is no small thing that the Zoramites, this causes the war chapters that we are about to read from chapters 43 through 62. The catalyst for that starting was the Zoramites defecting into the into the becoming Lamanites. And then we'll read in chapter 43 that because they were so hardened, they end up becoming the captains and leading the charge against the Nephites. The Zoramites do, many of them. Who's just, who knows? Maybe had Corianton not, but that they would maybe this whole war could have been averted or postponed or wouldn't have been as bloody, and there wouldn't have been as many Zoramites. But Alma doesn't focus on that. Alma focuses on his son and saying, look, what's done is done. What you need to focus on is the Savior, because at this point, the only thing that can help is the atonement. The only thing that can make this right is the atonement. It's Jesus Christ and his power. He's the only one that can heal things that we can't heal. He's the only one that can fix things that we can't fix. He's the one who, only one who can mend things that we can't mend. And so move forward. Return to him, son. Alma's love, like I said, he doesn't focus on on this catastrophic event. He mentions it in passing, but then it's all about answering Corian's questions. It's all about uh, getting him to come back. And uh, I think that's uh, something that's pretty cool that uh, can be maybe just kind of glossed over. Was you know, the Zoramites not le- believing led to some some bad things and. Many of them didn't believe because of because of Corianton. But when we return to the Lord and we utilize the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life, we can have every blessing that we would have otherwise had had we not uh, diverted from the path. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about this week. In closing, I wanted to share a story. Uh, about uh, perceiving the needs of those around us. This comes from my mission. 
I was uh, serving in Omaha, Nebraska in the United States. We'd been teaching uh, a less active man. Uh, He'd been baptized, uh, I think, in another state. Had moved to Omaha and had not been to church for years. Uh, Somehow or another, his records end up getting transferred. Someone found out where he was. His records get transferred into the, the branch that we were serving in. And so we'd been teaching him. His uh, girlfriend who lived with him had never joined in our lessons and our discussions and, and chats. She was always kind of aloof. She was always around when we'd come in. She would just like get up and leave the room. Um, but we ended up, as we were teaching this this man over a couple of uh, of different lessons and different visits, we had noticed her kind of staying closer and closer until like one time she was like just standing in the doorway. And so then we invited her to come sit down and she was like, oh, no, no, my father would, would be really upset if I did that. He's a, he's a minister in another faith and he, he's taught me all about you Mormons. And um, we said, well, look, why don't you come sit down? And if we say something that you object to, you tell us and let's talk about it. If we say something that you feel like is out of line, that's non-Christian, you tell us. And so we're teaching um, and I can't even remember what we were talking about. But she sits down, doesn't really have anything to say. Um, and we, so at the end of it, we asked her, we said, all right, so what's, like, did we say anything that you disagree with? And she, you know, was kind of hesitant and said, you know, no, not really. You know, I think I, I think I believe a lot of the things you said. And, but then I perceived through uh, watching her body language and through the spirit that her problem was with the Book of Mormon in general, just as a principle. And so we pulled out a, a copy, you know, the little blue copies of the Book of Mormon that the missionaries carried around. And I and we asked her, we said, what do you think about the Book of Mormon? She said, oh, no, that's not scripture. And my dad's told that that's what my dad's taught, told me all about. You guys believe in crazy things, and there's no way I could ever believe in that, in that book. And so... We pulled open and read uh, a couple of verses. Probably, I, w- I can't remember, honestly. I, w- I would assume we read from 3 Nephi 11. And then perceiving that her question was about the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, we, together as a companionship, put the this copy of the Book of Mormon uh, on the coffee table that was between us and her and her boyfriend. And we said, Cheryl, and her name is Cheryl. Cheryl, uh, we're not we're not here to tell you anything. We're not here to force you to do anything. We're not here to force your boyfriend to do anything. All we're here to do is to invite you to come unto the Savior. And this book, the Book of Mormon, will bring you closer to the Savior. And the best part is, you don't have to believe us. We're not, we're not here to, and we will never even ask you to believe two 20-year-old kids, right? Two 19, 20-year-old kids, we would never even ask you to believe us. But, but what we come to do is we say, look, if it's from God and you ask him, he'll tell you. If it's not from him and you ask him, he'll tell you. God will tell you the answer. God will tell you the truth. 
And all we are here to do is to invite you to find that truth. And so we left that copy of the Book of Mormon with her. And we came back a couple days later. Um, when we came back, they were still living together. Uh, but Cheryl, in a, in, in a, like, a matter of days, had read several chapters of the Book of Mormon. She had uh, moved all of her things into another bedroom. So they were no longer sharing a bedroom. Because she felt like, she said she felt that was wrong. This is, you know, we hadn't taught her that. We hadn't taught her the law of chastity. We hadn't said, you guys need to not live together. We hadn't gotten that far with that. I mean, we had just invited her to read the Book of Mormon. Perceiving her need was a need to come unto the Savior and that the Book of Mormon would, would be a catalyst for that. We were able to start answering Cheryl's questions. And not because of anything we did, but because of the Spirit, right? Because we were given that insight into her thoughts, and we were able to perceive her needs, and we followed that. We were able to, to answer her questions. Uh, and that's the perception, the discernment that you're, you will see this week with Alma as he teaches his son, Corianton. So, that's kind of just the high-level overview of this week's chapters. We're going to talk about, like I said, a lot of plan of salvation, the atonement, mercy and justice, um, and how they fit in. And I'll, I'll be sure as we talk, as we go, to just kind of highlight why Alma is teaching the doctrine he's teaching, to, to kind of call your mind back to what did he perceive, what was the, what were the questions he was trying to answer, and how does how does this answer it? So thanks for listening. And I hope you will join me on in this week's uh, shorter uh, chapter-specific episodes. And I hope you, hope you enjoy this week's Come Follow Me. And uh, good luck in your studies. <laughs>